0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 106 of For the Love of Guns. I've got a great guest for you today. It's Gabby Franco. We're going to talk all kinds of things about coming to the United States, getting citizenship, going on Top Shot, and becoming a 2A ambassador. But before we talk to Gabby, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, Falco Holsters is my go-to holsters. Absolutely love these things. They're handmade go to their website, configure it up the way you want. They're going to hand make it to your specifications, exactly how you put it, right on the webpage there. And they're going to get to in about 10 days. They can make a holster for every gun, any budget without sacrificing quality. If you want to save some money, use the checkout code Banshee, and you'll save 10%. Now this episode is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. It's time to think of ammo a little differently. I mean, yeah, ammo is something you put in your gun, you shoot. It's also time to start thinking about it as an investment. I mean, ammo prices, they go all over the place. You could make some money just investing in ammo. Go check out Ammo Squared and learn all about banking with ammo. And, of course, you don't want to bank with it. You just need the ammo. No problem. You can pull that out in ammo as well. Go check them out. I got a link down below. Now with the bills paid, let's talk to Gabby. Gabby, tell me about your love of guns.
1: Sure. Thank you, Jason, for having me here. Uh, my name is Gabby Franco. Most of you know me from Top Shot. I was on season four and season five. I'm also an Olympian, competitive shooter, army wife, mother, and, you know, a proud American more than anything.
0: It was so funny. So you can add in volunteer, yeah, uh, trainer. <laughs> Uh, I, it. It, it, <laughs> I, I just don't know how you, I, it, it, I don't know how you had time to even go on to podcast because you are a very busy woman.
1: Yeah you know it's, it's funny because sometimes I'm thinking I put all that busy on myself like I like <laughs> the volunteering something extra I do like they you know doing this is something extra I do but I enjoy it just because well volunteering is something that it's I do for for military service members, and it's always you know an honor just to, to serve them. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, doing this like doing this for you, I know there's always that a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of information that many people that we reach they need to hear, they need to they want to learn, um, and I love that. So there. are there are important things to do, I do believe. So you have to find the time. It's hard, but I try.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny when you think about, w- when you go on to these things, you know, I, I go back, you know, I, I we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I was like, you know, I like many people, I have learned about you from Top Shot Season 4. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's so funny to see your career from there, but then to think about how you even got the top shot there's a whole life before that oh um, yeah i mean going back uh, i think what you were 19 when you went to the olympics in 2000 is that correct in 2000
1: yes that's it yeah and i went to the games
0: you, how did you get to that point
1: well ironically you know every time i saw because i watched the olympics from venezuela like most people you know around the world and i always thought oh my god those people who go to the olympic games those are superhumans. like who goes to yeah. the olympic games and i spend most of my youth my teenage life just training the shooting sports i used to shoot air pistol and sport pistol which is the part of what is called Olympic shooting. And uh, I went to the Pan American games and it was only one male shooter and a female shooter myself representing Venezuela. We only had two spots and two chances. Um, And before the Pan American games I had done all the Olympic cycle to tried to get a spot for the olympic games but every single time i got silver medal silver medal at the south american games bolivarian games south american games come the pan-american games and guess what i win a silver medal i was like <laughs> really i'm like gosh you know as an you're athlete like, it's I-
0: just right there <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just right there and you know as an athlete you don't think of it like oh no you're the second best shooter in the whole continent i was like i won that gold right yeah. But then and then uh, my coach and my friends from other his Hispanic shooters came to me and they were so excited. Like, Gabby, you did it! I'm like, yeah, I get silver. Uh, but but then they said, Gabby, you don't know. And I'm like, I don't know what they said.
0: <laughs> what am I missing?
1: <laughs> right. And they said gold and silver medal go is a straight plaza to the Olympic Games. Okay, that was for me a huge win. It's like. That's when I learned how sadness is so relative because I became so happy and so excited in just fractions of a second. So it was like, you know, a dream come true, almost unexpected. Um, So very very exciting times for sure.
0: Now, what was it like going to the 2000 Olympics? I mean, you're 19, you now have... The, the gold, the golden ticket that got you into the Olympics. Um, well, I, the, I have to
1: say it was surreal. You know, I, I did not, I'm going to say it's not like I didn't believe it. I guess in the back of my head, it was always the thing. Oh, what about if I get injured? What about if I yeah. get sick? Uh, that kind of stuff. So in my mind, I try and, you know, with the help of my family, keeping myself real meaning that was not the end of things. Going to the Olympics doesn't mean that, oh, that's it, I made it. No, it was just keep on my mind fresh training. But when I got there to the Olympic Games, I was in cloud nine. I, it was surreal. It was funny because I was 19, and everywhere I presented my credential, they would let us in. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> Everybody was like in Australia, people taking pictures with us, uh, we were allowed to go literally everywhere we wanted to go. Uh, the, the atmosphere, it was like a festive all over, inside the villa, outside the village. It was just phenomenal. One of the best things I remember is that we had a, uh, a coin that they gave us the Olympic, um, one of the sponsors for the Olympics. And that uh, we go to the vending machine, we put on the coin, uh, with any vending machine we get whatever we wanted to and then we'll get the coin back i mean oh, was wow. the, it was it was <laughs> one of the best things ever so i still have some uh souvenirs and stuff so yeah it was wonderful
0: that's really cool that, yeah it's just so you, you just put the coin in <laughs> you know type in what you wanted it spit it out and there there was a coin waiting for you again yes that is awesome <laughs> it was they, funny. it was like you know
1: Right. Especially being a teen, you know, well, I was, yep. uh, you know, young adult, 19, but still was like uh, the dream, like the perfect dream come true.
0: So now how do you go from, you know, representing Venezuela to ending up in the United States?
1: You know, there's, oh my gosh, it's, it's so many, I cannot pinpoint to one specific thing but um, you know, in Venezuela, I was you know full training and everything. I had my university, I had my life going. Even to I was uh, Olympic hope for Athens 2004. Yeah. Uh, but in 1998, Hugo Chavez, who um, was a socialist, who promised to bring the 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 best socialist ever, socialism ever that I've never tried before. I guess it was going to be so different than every other. And he won the elections, and everything started turning upside down in Venezuela. Uh, gun ownership became a problem. Uh, finding ammunition became a problem. Uh, back then, I had a boyfriend who wanted me to move to the United States, but you know, I was like, "How can I go there?" You know, I didn't have anything. Yeah. Like, what I'm gonna do? But long story short. One of my visits coming to the to the US, I met, that was in 2002, around that time, uh, early 2002. I met a girl who was with, who went with me to the Olympic Games. She was in Miami okay. and we met at a book fair and she gave me the information of her lawyer, uh, immigration lawyer, and I went with him and I applied for an extraordinary ability visa. And sure okay. enough. A, 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 a. he told me you have a good chances and that's when i said you know what um everything is going downhill in venezuela and not only it was not a, a matter that you'd say oh people were fighting against it no it was almost people were still in this hypnotized you know adults yeah. like i knew especially with my coach he was from cuba knowing from him so,
0: all so the saw, stories from cuba He's basically reliving what happened in Cuba now yes. in Venezuela.
1: And he was warning everybody. And most people were like, nah, no, we're not Cuba. That would never happen in Venezuela. Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the yeah. world. We were a rich country and minerals. I mean, you name it. Um, so many people were in denial. Uh, and so anyway, I saw the opportunity and I just said you know what i'm going to go because go the united states in that time clearly was a become a freedom you know that's how i saw it i i to me it was like almost a dream come true say okay i can live in this free country um and obviously i was excited that i was able to do it with my documentation and everything straightforward. So that was awesome. Well,
0: it's it's not like people didn't know who you were. I mean you you were in the Olympics. I mean, you know, that well, that lineage is well established.
1: Yes, yes. But uh what did you what do you mean in Venezuela or here?
0: Well in here in here. So you know when they do when they go to check out who is Gabby Franco, you know, it, it they're going, well, okay, to, well two, yeah, two years to. ago you were in the Olympics.
1: Right. I had to prove my case. I mean, still, yeah. I had to, for that visa, it's an 01 visa, extraordinary ability visa. I had to prove that I had international uh, recognition. Uh, I had national recognition, not only in medals, but also newspapers. So um, I, I, I have newspapers from Ecuador, from other countries where I've shown there, you know, in in, this, in the sports section as a medalist yeah. and whatever. Um, and so that definitely was like, uh, okay, she's legit. Yeah,
0: she's legit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me, you know, go through the
0: process. That's all. That's awesome. So, so now you're in the U.S. How? um, I I, I want to just assume. I'm going to just assume you, the next really big step in the shooting sports for you goes up into Top Shot. I mean, how how do you go from you know coming here in 2002 and then it was a 2014, I believe, was Top Shop.
1: 2010, 2011. 2010, 2010. 2011, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, when I moved here, um, I wanted to keep working or doing what I used to do, the land and farms industry. So I started working at Gun Shop. So I worked right. in a gun shop for six years. Uh, I was familiar with before I was Olympic shooting, which is completely different than, you know, obviously this defense guns and all that stuff. So to me, even though I was, you know, in the in the firearm world, nine millimeters, 40s rifles were kind of different. It was a different world for me. I thought it was a great learning experience. But while working there, then I started talking to friends in in India in the sports, tactical shooting, USBSA and I started doing all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, you know, like in, right before Top Shot, I lost my job, uh, divorced, like everything came to me like a bucket of...
0: Your, ho- your mean, whole world just crashed down. Oh,
1: no. I was rock bottom. There was nothing. And I remember I spent days, weeks crying, like, what am I going to do? I have no family here, Dad. dead all the day was on my name. And so one day I say, okay, you cry, but when you're done, you're done. And sure enough, my brother, uh, who was in Venezuela, he sent me uh, the application for Top Shot. And I was like, you know, they will never pick me, whatever.
0: <laughs> but
1: but, but um, I sent the application just kind of, you know, like a, like a very superficial, like saying, just just like I did it. I'm going to just send yeah. it. So I said, I did it. Well, what? I sent an incomplete application. Oh, <laughs> exactly. And, and then I realized that my application was not complete, like uh, a day later. And I'm like, oh, that's it. That's it. They were not going to. Yeah. But they called me. And, and from that moment, it was just crazy.
0: Cause, Crazy. Cause yeah. It's funny. You have your top shot video. Your audition video is on your YouTube channel.
1: Yes, I. I mean, it's a long video too.
0: <laughs> so, so, you're standing there in your Metallica T-shirt with
1: yes, with, playing Metallica,
0: showing off, showing it. off the goods. Yeah, it's funny. I. It's funny because I had just found that video yesterday. I watched it. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's really cool that she has her audition tape. On her YouTube channel.
1: Yes. And you know, the funny thing is that's a part of the application I never did. Probably that's why the video is so long and so kind of elaborate, because when I send the application, I send the you know, fill out all my information, I send a picture and I send a message or an email why I should be on top shot. Whatever I send the email and then I realize, oh, along with your email, send your uh, audition video. And I was like, oh god, I didn't send it. And then when they called me back, they told me, listen, this is the last week you have until, I think Monday or something like that. They called me on a Friday. I spent the whole weekend, <sighs> like 73 hours inside my house, just trying to film it, trying to put it all together. So, yeah, um, and, and you know, many people, I have friends, good friends who, I wanna say th- discourage me uh, because on CISO, by season four, all the women who had participated until then, they had been eliminated at the first or second episode. Yeah. So I had good friends with the best intentions. They're still good friends of mine who tell me, Gabby, you are now starting like as a firearms instructor. If you get kicked out first, that may ruin your reputation.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, that was a thought back then. And then remember, I still have all my rock bottom situation right and so i was like i listened but then i said to myself i have absolutely nothing to lose like what i'm gonna lose The, the worst thing i can say is that in the future i can say you know what i had a great experience i was on national tv i was on a tv show who in the world would have thought i mean if you would have asked me back in venezuela or when i moved here that would have gone this far I would never believe you All of it. and so yeah. I was open to do my best and it turned out to be a great, great experience a great experience and obviously a, a good decision
0: well, I mean, so you were the first female to go to the individual stages, yes. so you went the farthest um, yes. and Michelle was in your season with you, yes um, she got eliminated uh, what, episode uh, like, three uh, Three. Yeah. I was thinking three or uh-huh. four. So even you, you, passed her. Um, yeah. So now it's, you know, now you have kind of this badge of honor. When, <laughs> I mean, what they say? When you're at rock bottom, it, it, there's kind of a comfort of being at rock bottom. Cause you know, you can't go any farther down. Um, right. You're, you're now taking this really bad situation in, in your personal life. And you came out w- way stronger than you probably ever could have imagined it was it was also
1: been. yeah it was also a lot of um you know it's it's not easy you know you are there with strangers everybody's in the, you know they're a game attitude <laughs> competitive from that world but at the same time you cannot leave the house you cannot watch tv you cannot read you there's no books so uh, when Michelle left, I literally was by myself because You're on your the, own. Yeah. My room was separated from that from from the the rest of the house. So I have a like a meeting like a guest house, which was great, right? But at the same time, I was alone. Um, so I had to do a lot of kind of psychological work on myself, yeah. Um, you know, I remember I had debt going. I knew in, in the back of my head bills coming. I was not working to uh, pay those bills and stuff like that. But then I always thought there's nothing I can do at this moment. If I worry about something I cannot control, something that I have, I cannot do anything about it. I'm going to ruin whatever I'm doing now. So as crazy and difficult it was then, I had to blank my head. And forget about what I was doing, so I could do my best in the in the competition. Yeah, you,
0: so you you know, you have your sphere of concern, and then inside that yeah. you have your sphere of influence. you decide to live inside that sphere of influence and go, this is an opportunity. Yeah, this is this is this is my career. This is my well, job, this is my career right now.
1: Just to give you an example. So I played a game. Literally a mental game. It was to me, it was a mental game. So um, I played a game that I was completely in a opposite spectrum of what I really was. You know, and what I was when I got top shot in top shot, you know, I was in a financial struggle. So when I was in top shot in the show, I thought I was free of debt. There was yeah. nothing like, Because we had food brought up to us, Um, so I always thought, okay, you know, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm (laughs) like, I'm fine, you know, I don't even have to do uh, uh, go for grocery shopping, nothing. Uh, So it was more like shifting my purview so I could focus on what I needed to do, and it was a kind of fascinating experiment, personal experiment. Uh, Where when you cannot control certain elements, you just have to shift your purview, uh, your paradigm. You know, you have to do a kind of paradigm shift, like in in a short term, if possible, for you to function uh, efficiently without having all that baggage that is there. And you can, you know, and that's going to hold you back. So, yeah.
0: So. Now, going on from Top Shot, going into competition shooting, how did you make yeah. that that step? Because because this type of competition shooting is really <laughs> different than the Olympic oh, shooting yeah. that you're used to.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've been shooting since I was 11 years old. Competitions, even though when I came to the United States, I was kind of burned out. Like I, in Venezuela, was training six days a week, four to five hours a day for years And then when I came here, even though I worked in the farm industry, I wanted to kind of, okay, I want to have like a,
0: I felt in my
1: head like a normal life, right? But then it was almost like, it it kept dragging me into, I want to go back out and I want to compete. I want to, and then, and I compete is more like for the joy of it you know yeah. uh, for the joy of getting better for the joy of seeing improvement and for the joy of training and learning i love learning i'm uh, always well, a student. you just
0: you just graduated college
1: yes i just graduated <laughs> psychology <laughs> my bachelor's in psychology, psychology. yeah yes
0: so, so you are literally I love always it. learning
1: <laughs> yes I, I am and i am and it's fascinating you know it's really fascinating so going back to competitive shooting and and you know now i had people get to know me get to know who i am from top shot and i started knocking some doors you know knocking at some doors and at first it didn't get much uh, you know res- open doors per se because yeah. i guess people were saying like oh no this girl another girl is yeah. <laughs> gonna come doesn't do anything but then Uh, as I started doing on my own and people started noticing that I was not only just a woman or a girl who just wanted attention, but what I do is because I love what I do. And, and they, many of the companies who support me, they also love what I stand for and, and how I do things, you know? Um, And so that, that, that's, that's, you know, has been phenomenal, has been great.
0: So, so you have two sponsors now. Now, yes. talk, talk to me about how the relationship with Walther came about. I mean, that, that had to have been put you like right over the moon getting <laughs> Walther, becoming a shooter for Walther.
1: Well, this is the funny thing is that at the Olympic Games and prior, even prior to the Olympic Games, I used to shoot a uh, Walther GSP 22. That was my 22 pistol. Uh, 22 uh pistol for four pistol competitions and so imagine like literally 20 years later about 20 it's a complete later, circle oh my goodness when walter contacted me uh who was working there cody who a uh, super good friend he he contacted me i couldn't believe it i was trying to be like this stuff like okay let me think about it you know i yeah. need to to see if you are a good yeah. match and in, in, inside of me, i was like yeah this
0: is so awesome. yeah. Yeah. in your head you're like there's no way i'm saying no to this Yeah. <laughs> but, you can't, but yes. you can't say that right because right now right. You're, you're kind of into a negotiation <laughs> right for for a job right right
1: <laughs> and so it, it was very i mean to me it was like a no-brainer i had um I, and the, the thing is that while their uh um proposal came in i have proposals proposal from other companies and uh this other company, which I'm not going to name. It was very interesting because they wanted me to shoot for them, but they didn't want me to involve, get involved in po- political issues. Okay. I'm like, which... this is what I do. You know what I do. This yeah. is, I'm passionate about what I, I mean, it's the Second Amendment. Why not? We are in the farm yeah. industry. We cannot just stay silent. And so that made, obviously, the decision a lot easier. I was like, thank you, but no thank you. And in the meantime, Walter was like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> Get out there
0: and we talk. Have, yes, yeah.
1: we have your back. And and that has been wonderful. Um, and also, Primary Arms, yeah. they reached out to me. Um, that was early, I don't even remember last year, I think, or the you know, the year of 2021. 20, and I shot their optics for about six months before I even say anything because I, I was very frank with them. I said, listen, I, when I do this kind of thing, I don't care whatever you're going to offer me, you know, pay me for travels and, and all that stuff. But I want to make sure that I, I truly believe in your product. You know, I want to make sure that I truly, when I put it on, it, it, it's good for me. And at the same time, I can say, yeah, you know, it's good. Go ahead and do it. And I did try their products. Like, like six, seven months or something long before I said, you know what? Yes. And and as in and, and through that process too, the same thing with Waltham through that process, it was not only their products, but their people, you know, talking to their marketing department, talking to them, it was very personable. Um it didn't feel like um uh, you know dry, you know, like a
0: transaction. Yeah. It, it that felt pers- like that personality. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I I, I was like, you know, awesome and primary arms in the same way they are like yeah second amendment go for it uh you yeah. know do you need talk politics they know that um the way i address these issues is the most respectful way i'm you know at the end of the day all we want to do is unite us even yeah. those who disagree with us instead of keep eroding uh the country so uh they have been great like i'm saying not only as a, support, as a a competitive shooter. They have supported me through my, you know, getting my degree, which I graduated summa cum laude. So as you can awesome. imagine, that's a lot of awesome. work. But at the same time, there, I mean, outstanding support when I go out there, do speeches or talk about the Second Amendment, getting to some political, uh, somewhat political when it comes to the Second Amendment, um and even socialism and all that stuff. Uh, they are all for it. So I'm like... Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. There, there's a couple of people I know at primary. Um, one, I, 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 it was one person who was a marketing person who used to work yeah. for another company that um, he had left, he, he left that company. And then when he ended up at primary, I, I was talking to him like, that is so awesome for you. I mean, he's, he's such a nice guy too. Um, <laughs> he, he was a Marine. Um, and he's like, I, I just feel at home here. And, and yeah. I was, yeah, you know, I was talking to him at Shot Show this year. Is that Keith? And uh, what is? Sorry, I just got a text and it blew my mind. Um, <laughs> um It might be God. He's got a beard. Uh,
1: no, that, that's not Keith. I'm looking. That's why I'm looking at my
0: desk. I'm looking at my desk over there because I know his card is right there, but I just can't see it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Feel so bad that I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> uh, that's like
1: <okay>. happens.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know what's gonna happen. We're gonna stop recording, and suddenly that's gonna come in my head. why um, <laughs> I'm gonna search my emails right now. Um, but anyways, um, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. And, yeah,
1: that, um, that's that's why I, I really I really I really like that kind of. That, you know, even whatever happens in the future, because like everything, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. Whether I go Scott, a different direction or they go, okay, but Scott, I go a different Scott direction Sherman. or they yeah. go to a different direction. We can still be friends. We can still communicate, I, you know, and I love that.
0: And that's that's the thing about this industry is that we can, it, it, it's so weird working in, the, in this industry because you think of, uh, I'm going to be, you know, I work for XYZ company, and you're my competitor. Well, openly, mm-hmm. yes, we're com- we're competing, but really, socially, we <laughs> my video. Yes, yeah. there we go. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things of we're still a family. We might be a dysfunctional family at times, um, and it's it's funny. A couple of, a couple of podcasts ago, we were, we were talking about this kind of dysfunctional family. I like to say that this is kind of like, you know, the this whole this whole family. It's kind of like Thanksgiving dinner, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's going to be drama. Someone's going to end up being mad at somebody for something, but they're not really mad, right? I mean, you're going to get right. over it. Um, but in the end, we're all still a family, and we'll still, you know, we still have each other's backs. Um, I always
1: say that I always say the farms industry is like the recycling industry. It's like when, when I'm meet and have friends, uh for instance, they used to work for Remington and now they're in six yeah. Hour, Walter, yeah. Taurus, whatever. And then they, they all rotate within the industry, which is pretty cool. It's super awesome. But uh, yeah. but yeah.
0: It, it it's funny. So you know, you get this, you're you're now in this even bigger family, right? So now you have these two sponsors and they they let you talk um second amendment. Yeah which is important.
1: And well, I have to say there. that I have to say that it's not if they let me. I would I will do it you're regardless. Doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: you're, you're going to do it, right? I'm
1: going to um, do it. So that, that's that, that's an awesome thing. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this whether you know if you guys want to be on board with me, great. If not, uh, sorry. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, you have such a unique um I want to say vision, a unique point of view about the second amendment coming, you know, coming in um, from Venezuela, watching the socialism take over in Venezuela, right. uh, Firearms ownership going away. I mean, and I don't think people, you know, people think of Venezuela. Now they think of what it is now. They don't think about what it was back then. It wasn't, it wasn't this, um, you know, this bad place. No, it was, it was it was a gorgeous country. It yeah. wasn't a it, you know you know people think oh third world it's not third th- this was a first world country just sitting Venezuela
1: down there. was was one of the countries that was on the verge to you know to be called proudly yeah. developed. I mean uh, so it, it, Venezuela and and you're right most people when they think about Venezuela they think about now and you know I cannot blame those people here who think that way, because even Venezuelans, young Venezuelans, to give you an example, a person who is 30 years old, 30, that's a grown adult, 25, 30, that's not remember, barely remembers what was was Venezuela before. I mean, just think a whole generation who does not remember going to the grocery store and having all selections, butters of different brands, colors, flavors, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they don't, they don't remember any of it. So here people in, in, you know, society has a very limited memory, short memory, right? Yeah. It's like, even, even, during COVID, for example people forgot how bad the flu was how bad right being sick out of the sudden this one was the worst thing in the world um and now we're going back to kind of normal right so my so when 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 people think about venezuela they forget that there's a process and they forget that or they don't know probably is that these ideologists like the socialist ideologists they are very patient they know that to really get implanted like to really make fundamental changes they have to go deep you know whether in the educational system in the new, in the, the family uh into the families Um, they have to go really deep to create that change that they want to and that change takes time but once it once it gets in it oh my goodness you 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 know i was and and going a little bit off track a little bit of it but uh, i was just listening some uh, a podcast by the way and they were talking about you know education and how you know the universities here in the United States are so hijacked by the left and all that stuff, and telling people to oh no go to a different route, right? Uh, and don't join a university, do uh, other type of education, and you know get a different type of jobs, and that's great. But then and then I was thinking deeply because this is the same thing. I I want to make the analogy because the same similar happened in Venezuela in the way that. People think in the immediate, like in the immediate, like they were in the podcast they were saying, yeah, don't spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to go to university and do this. Sounds great, right? Right? Like a good advice. Is this spending too much money, whatever? But then I thought, okay, so then what? Who are gonna be the PhDs? Or,
0: yeah, what's, right.
1: com- what's what's coming up behind? Yeah. What is coming up? So if you're not ba- fighting that battle, which is going to be difficult, who are going to be those who are going to be the scholars, the PhDs, the quote-unquote experts who are going to rule, who already kind of do in a way, most of us? So if we don't have that voice, voices, right, who, it's, you know, don't – we yeah, end up in, in a very bad position. So the same thing is in, in Venezuela when you have people were used to that. Oh, no, I don't care. You know, this is a battle between the rich and the poor, for example. So the middle class didn't want to get into it. They didn't they didn't worry about it. I just go my route. Guess what? Yeah. The rich who had the money, flee. They, they flew. They left the country. Yeah. OK. And then who was left? to be yeah. squeezed the middle yeah, class.
0: The middle so class. We,
1: we cannot just see the immediate Oh, uh, what it makes us e- what is easy for us or make it uh, comfortable for us. We have to really look the long term what is best for the country.
0: Well, If you think about it, the middle class is what gets sque- squeezed here. Um, you know, it's it, it's you, you laugh at. It the rich don't pay taxes, right? I mean, they pay taxes, but um, I I was listening to a podcast (laughs) uh, years ago where they're talking about um, accounting, right? He he was a podcaster. He's talking about every year he gets audited by the IRS. Now, he's definitely Mm -hmm. middle class. And he goes, the the thing about the tax code is, is only 10% of the tax code tells you what you need to pay. 90% Mm -hmm. of the tax code tells you how to not pay the 10%, (laughs) right? And then it's, it's you, if you don't have access to that knowledge, you don't know how to get around that. And, you know, the, you know, people who have a lot of money know how to, you know, use those loopholes.
1: Well, I, I, to, to be to be clear, Everybody would do it, whether you have a lot yeah. of money or not. Everybody well, yeah. we'll tries we'll to find we'll yeah. everybody tries to find ways of, and, 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 and how we'll to take. get away. And I think I think going back to the Second Amendment issues, um, it, it, it go all back again to how people are educated into what it is and what it's not. Um, you know, when we go and that's and that's how you know we get eroded. You know, whether you talk about, you know, the, the Second Amendment itself or even in, in a, a economical issues, when people are not educated, that is what erodes society, yes. freedom in general.
0: I mean, I think about, um, you know, I, I live in Montana. Uh, you know, we I moved here from the East Coast and you know I talk I talk to people who live here because you know, we've been here for a while now. Um, and there are in, in the old high schools, there are still shooting, you know, from, they used to have rifle club and they would actually shoot guns in the basement of the school. Cause they have, mm-hmm. you know, they have these lanes. Right. And, you know, I, I hear people, you know, my generation, like when we used to go to school, there used to be a gun in the, in the rack of our truck because when we were done school, we went hunting. Right, and, I, and they're like, if you even mention the word gun right now, the school will go go into a lockdown. I mean, well, we've gone <laughs> very far from that.
1: Mm-hmm. For we literally don't, don't, no, no reason.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think about uh, stories from my father. Uh, grew up in Philly. He he remembers where people would get onto the bus with their rifle. They'd have their bolt in their hand. Pay pay there. I mean you could sit on a city bus with someone with a gun because <laughs> they're they're taking a bus to the gun range to go shoot. Right. Um right. you know, we, we've we've kind of come away from educating about guns. We kind of I want to say we almost educate out of fear when it comes to the two way, right? It's not the the gun is bad. Um we need to get rid of the gun. It's all about the gun. It's not about the knowledge of the gun. You know, there's so many, there's so many deaths by gunfire, you know, by, by firearms in the United States. Well, then when you start tearing some of these statistics out, they add in, you know, death by cop. And you, you start at, you start analyzing the data, which we don't teach how to do anymore. You start finding out how they're, they're using the lack of education to control well, the message. No, the
1: data can be skewed in so many different directions. It depends how you present it. I was looking, um, this is very interesting. Uh, it was, um, I need to find it again. It was like an infographic from California, right? And saying how many people from California, i out of all the people in California, how many own firearms? And to me, it was very interesting when I was, was looking at all the data. And especially when it comes to age. So they were saying that, like, and the, I'm kind of paraphrasing because, you know, I don't sure. have okay. it in front of me. But it was something like 10% of the Californian Californians or something like that, a small percentage, owned most of the firearms. And not only that, but they were also older, right? And so when yeah. you look at that, you think, oh, you know, these are people who have arsenals or have all this stuff and all that. And then I, I saw it differently. I saw what, what's going on here? What you see in my mind, obviously, it's my opinion, <laughs> is that California has pushed so much gun laws, so much gun laws that these individuals who were once 20s, 30s, right? And own wow. two, three, four rifles and two, three handguns, whatever you wanna call them, and shotguns, they were getting older and older and older. And this new generation coming up had so many restrictions that there's a point that they did not have. They don't have that right. many firearms. Right. And then these years, they keep growing. And then the following generation now is worse. That they, Now they do yeah. not have firearms. So when people think of the second amendment in my in my eyes, you know, when you see when you this is the way I vision it. Right. I see it. So what, they, what they're what they doing is pushing this generation who had so many farms, so much so that this generation is going to go out of the picture. They're going to die. And so what? We, when they die, right, all that boom of gun ownership or pride of being a gun owner is going to disappear, too. So right. these other generations, there's going to be a point where they're going to be like, what is the Second Amendment? Yeah why would they even need it because we don't even use it because you know they have grown in such a world without firearms well No, without firearms because the criminals always have the firearms.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: The regular citizen, citizen, I'm talking about law abiding citizens, are not allowed to own firearms. And so that to me is how they skew the statistics. They don't tell you all that. But when you start digging analyzing a little bit more, you're saying, ha, you know, yeah, of course this is happening. Only that small percentage have so many firearms because you have been pushing them. out of the picture and the new generations are coming they're not allowed they're so it's not that they're not allowed there's so many restrictions for them to own firearms that makes it so difficult
0: well and then if you think about that you have that older generation as as they as they die then you're going to hear in the newspaper well you know person died Mm -hmm. they had an arsenal they had (laughs) an arsenal they had a thousand rounds. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at my ammo bench going, boy, you guys would have just a field day if you if you sold my house. Right. Um right. but yeah, it, it, then then with the you know the younger generation, see, guns are bad. Everybody they told us is guns are bad. That person had an arsenal. You know? Right. Um and you know, and a lot of us would look at it going, yeah, that mm-hmm. was me at, like, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> you know. Right uh you know in my, in my 20s i had that many guns uh but yeah it, it's but you're right they they've they've got that control of that message yes uh, they've they taken do. Because- over the, they take it over that education system and they're pushing mm-hmm. it in and uh i like what you're saying they're patient they ha- they can mm-hmm. wait this one out they know that you know i'm a gen x you know they have the millennials coming behind me you know gen in, in, well, there's four generations behind me now mm-hmm. there each one of them they just kind of took that message and then tweaked that message just a little bit a little bit more a little bit more to now it's you know it, it, it's we don't need we don't need the second amendment i mean you got these generations mm-hmm. going we need to rewrite the constitution like
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't, I mean, I don't just, know about
0: i don't know about that one <laughs>
1: Well, this is this is my theory and may sound a little bit, you know, crazy, but this is what I do believe. That these anti-guideant groups they are, even though they still push at the federal level, that's not their main goal. Their main goal is at the state level. Why, right? Because federally they know they're not, they're not gaining much terrain, right? right. But the most importantly, if going to that topic about changing the Constitution, why do they need to change the Constitution? The Constitution can, it can be changed as much as we love the First Amendment, as much as we believe in the Second Amendment, it doesn't mean that it cannot be changed. And these anti gun gunners know that. If they change it at the state level, like I was just showing you with California, yeah. right? You have a large population who does not have a common um, experience or, you know, with firearms or going to the range or family members because the state created that. So yeah. imagine when we have so many states doing the same, you know, in 20, 30 years, maybe the mouse, if we keep yeah. doing this, you're talking about two, three generations where they won't have that, and um, and that's why I think it's so important. They are moving rather quickly. I mean, you look at Washington State now. You can oh, look yeah. at Michigan, Michigan. I mean, they're going yeah. at it. Co- um, Colorado. Um, I mean, you name it. States that like Colorado to me is like they're oh trying. My God. They're
0: trying it in Texas now.
1: They're, yeah, they're, so, they're
0: starting to show up into Texas now, and that's and that. I mean, I mean, you look at a Texan. I mean, Texans are very proud about being a Texan. And we used to be our own country. And now you start seeing those laws chipping away. And you're like, why are you guys letting this happen? You, you, you saw it happen in Colorado right before you.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I truly believe that is the end goal. You know, it's making it so strict, so strict for the regular, they're they're telling you, no, we're not attacking the Second Amendment. Uh Uh-huh. So they're making it so strict for the regular citizen, right? And they're making it stricter and they're going to get harder. It's not going to get easier. You know, when you let that path go and you keep voting for the same lineage of uh, ideologies, you're going to get worse and worse and worse. So the new generations that come in that state, they are not going to be as understanding, educated, uh, when it comes to fire to firearms, safety, gun safety, or even the Second Amendment. And guess what? They're going to vote against it eventually. So I think that's so important. Everybody get involved. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, i want gonna," And I know, you know, I was young and I did. Die. I left Venezuela. But I, I even when when Hugo Chavez got in power, I was I was a teenager. I had no say. I couldn't yeah. vote. Uh, before that, uh, but adults like now, I'm like, no, we have to stick to it. You know, I wish the, the adults in Venezuela, the vast majority, stuck to it and said, no, you know, you're not going to ruin your li- our lives with this fake socialism and this fake gun control. Uh, but you know, they they didn't do that. Well,
0: one one of the problems I see, and I, I totally agree with you, because I've always said that if you're going to if you want to change the power base, you don't start in Washington, you start locally because it's a lot easier to change things locally. And then, you know, in your local and then, you know, county state and then going up against, uh, you know, your senators and representatives. And that's why I said you need to get involved locally because they're doing the same thing. You have, uh, you know, million uh well billionaire um anti-gun person going in literally putting money into state elections oh yeah to change to change these laws we uh, you know here in Montana we see it happen all the time it's yeah it, it's not um it hasn't taken place but i see i see the changes coming already like we have a big influx of people coming here
1: Right, and
0: they're coming from California. They, and it's like mm-hmm. you realize why you left where you were go- where you came from. Don't turn this into the hell that you just left.
1: And um, you know, hopefully some of them will listen to that and will learn. Uh, but we know for a fact that many don't.
0: Many well, don't. So many don't. We've become a lazy society, mm-hmm. right? I mean. What's the the average attention span is about eight seconds. Um, right. What? It, what do you say? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and it's funny because yeah. as a content creator, I I have to know that because literally, like, if you don't do something in eight seconds on a YouTube video, they're gone, right? Right. And you're like, wow, that's tough. But then you think, okay, these people vote, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um, their attention spans are really small and we stopped teaching critical thinking. Right. Um, We need to start taking back. Like, you know, you you have, you know, as bad as the lockdowns were, there was one really good thing that happened from it because now kids were taking classes from home and the parents Mm -hmm. were like, wait, what are they teaching you? You know, the parents now became aware of what's going on. They're starting to push back.
1: And, you know, the, the,
0: set, and, the and sad he, thing is it's late. It's late in the game.
1: Right, right. And, I, you know, I hear sometimes people saying, no, put your kids in, you know, homeschool and all that stuff. And don't worry about the public school. And, and I think that's wrong. That's also the wrong approach that even if you have your kids in private school or homeschool, you still need to be involved uh, at the at the public level if you can. uh and for the simple reason that there are going to be millions of children who all who are going to go through the system and they're going to end up being your kids, you know, playmate yep. in, in, in a team sport or in a university or simply they're going to be part of society. Um, and so even we like my son is in having a very tiny little school. And we love it and everything, but we still need to be aware of whatever happens on at the public level, yes, and be very yeah. vocal.
0: Yeah, oh, it, if for nothing else, that is your tax money. That is money that was taken from <laughs> your paycheck. Right. And they're doing things with it that you don't agree with. Right. You know, you, you need to be involved just just because of that, yet alone anything else. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, it no. is vital because like i'm saying again they're going to be future adults you know yes. whether you think oh there's no my kids i know i understand but they're going to also be part of the uh people who are going to vote who are going to make decisions who eventually going to go to college um it's not like like i always say it's not like you know i'm conservative it's not like i impose my view but i hope i i really wish that we had a balanced you know a balanced education of different point of views that you know i can listen to you i can listen to the opposite view i always i constantly listen i believe or not i listen to leftist um uh, news to see what they say and because we cannot be all the time in our echo chamber listening to our own produce i always listen and i'm like wow they kind of reconfirms what I believe. I'm like, yeah. wow, these people are just like, what are they thinking? Uh, but it's important. It's important to listen to them and analyze and probably see from their perspective. But again, if we can provide that to our children, give them an a venue, an opportunity for them to have a say, have a to hear, to learn, be well-rounded, you know, become well-rounded adults. That's the best we can do for a whole country, you know, not just a yeah. little niche and a little family.
0: Yeah. I, I, I totally agree because that's, you know, we talked earlier about statistics. Statis- uh, statistics can be skewed
1: mm-hmm.
0: both directions, right? Right. Um, I mean, the, if you're if you're watching, you know, one news channel that is one way, and you're not watching the other. Let's face it, both the the right wing and the left wing news are mm-hmm. they're out there, right? You yeah. you, do, you have a hard time coming to the to the center, and that's that's one of the things that I you know, I hate. I hate that we cannot come together and ha- and communicate anymore. It's you have this ideal, and I hate you before because of it. Like yeah, uh, you, you, we. We, first of all, we got to go back and understand we're humans, we're, we're, we're Americans. We need to commu- we need to respect each other first, right? You
1: know um, I would say I would say that that belief and I sometimes I, I get that I have to break that belief that we cannot talk is because that is what is elevated. In the yep. mainstream media
0: exactly. you know
1: like you have the loud voices in either side and they're just barking like to the and and yep. but when we go out there you know more more often than not you're gonna find people who would say well i disagree with you i agree with you but you know at the end of the day we're not gonna go into a you know a fight for yep. it and i yep. think that 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 is what we we should Believe that we still we are rational individuals. Uh, We are, for the most part, many of us are educated. And even if you didn't go to college, you know, you read, you read the news, and all the time we can establish a a conversation. Uh, But also being open, even you know, as a conservative, seeing the other perspective, and you know, learn from each other. But but yeah I agree with you in the way that it's so elevated the view that we should hate each other that yeah, unfortunately it's... unfortunately it's almost translating into a reality into society and I don't I don't believe that that's the reality but it's a more like a perceived
0: yeah it's a perception uh... of yeah
1: that that's what's Absolutely. happening, that people believe it and and, and behave that way.
0: I mean, there's some people that I've I've worked with and I've talked to that are you know opposite uh, opposite of the political spectrum from me. Mm-hmm. But they have guns. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. we talk guns. We we get together, they enjoy going out shooting, I enjoy going out shooting. We might not agree. I mean, we're humans. We're two, no two humans are going to agree on absolutely right. everything, right? But and that's the whole thing is we understood, we understood that we have opposite views on certain things, and that's okay. We still respected each other. We still had fun. Right. We still had something in common that right. we would we would enjoy together, and
1: exactly. there's nothing
0: wrong with that. Exactly, I I I agree.
1: You know, I remember once um, I was at the airport and I was talking to I was sat down. I don't know what it was, it was maybe it's just small place or there were not that many chairs. And this lady asked me if she wanted to sit with me on my chair. I was like, sure and sure enough, she was like very left. Um, and she, she asked <sighs> me what I was. Yeah, she asked me where I was coming from, and I think I was coming from a competition or giving classes, and I told her excited, oh yeah, I'm a farms instructor. Her eyes were like
0: <laughs> she's like yes and i knew, like and I knew
1: it <laughs> right and i knew immediately that that was not what she was happy to hear but whatever but you know what even with that she we started talking she you know gave me her perspective i told her my perspective especially i don't know it was, it was about going to ownership or uh, and all that stuff we didn't end up saying like oh yeah we agree on this and that but we had this conversation that i left saying okay hope you have a great flight i need to catch my flight whatever um and it was great you know even if you don't end up in a in a total agreement at that moment she made me think certain things i'm sure i make her think certain things and we can go home and say okay you know, I understand now why you think this way. And she probably understood why I think this way. And and I think that's the best approach if we think that way. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to convince people. Another another example I going to give you. I just, in April, I was uh, giving a speech for the DC Project. It's a, a great organization I support.
0: Awesome. And Amazing. One,
1: a lady, after I gave a speech, a lady came up to me. She said, Gabby, I need your, you know, ideas or advice. She, in her town, that was in Hillsdale. It was in Hillsdale College. In in my town, there's this lady. She's um, moms demand action. You know, they're very anti-gun and all that stuff. And I have been trying to talk to her and tell her about um, why gun ownership is good, why education is good. Can you give me an idea? How can I convince her? How can I help her be on our side? And I I looked at her and said, you're wasting your time. You instead of trying to convince one person, one individual, I told her, why don't you work with the community, okay? And then, for instance, you want to do help bring experts, a seminar, educate people about children education, gun safety when you have children, Teach people about say, uh, gun safety, you know, as an adult, how to, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. Educate your community, and guess what? Once you educate the whole community, this lady we have no other way to say, Oh, wow, she has, you
0: know, she has no audience she, at that point,
1: right? Now yeah. she has no audience. So instead of fighting, and that's I think the mistake that most people do is just fighting with that neighbor, I have to convince this person, yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. But you do more if you change, canalize that energy and you help your community. You know, if you help bring experts, uh, if it's is volunteer will be great. That would be the best way to do it. And in, in that way, maybe even though you 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 don't notice it, but maybe that person will change their purview when they say, wow, a lot of people, more neighbors. Uh, are open to this uh, perspective, or now they're talking with other neighbors They realize that more of the neighbors agree with you, there may, may, may not, but may make them change their view or broaden, I want to say change, but be more open-minded. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just the conversations and know how to canalize your energy without ending into a, this fight on yeah. of ideologies. Well, you will be in. A, it will be a win win for everybody.
0: And that's the thing is that you have. Yeah, you, you don't go after. That's that's a losing. That's a losing battle, right? Yeah. Um I remember something my father told me when I was a kid. Never was. It, never pick a. Uh, uh, never argue with an a hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. lose every time. And right. I, I go. I don't understand what you mean. because because all they're going to do is suck all the energy out of you. Yeah. Go put the energy where it's where it can be used. And right. that was just something that has gone through my life. It, it was so funny. Is even you know younger, I, I I understood the philosophy of it, but I never really lived it. And as I got right. older, I started realizing that. Going. Right. Yeah. I, I wish my father was alive today to go. I, I get it now. Right. <laughs> like, I, I went so long. I didn't understand this, but now I get it. Um, And that's, and that's what I love. Like you're saying there, go, go fight the battles that need to be fought. Not the one that is the loudest that's right in front of you. Right.
1: Um, you know, and, I
0: mean, and,
1: and, and all to say is for everybody who's watching is that, yeah, you know, go out, ex press, you know, your, you're going your own to owner, don't be shy from it. Uh, if there's something in your legislator, you know, be involved politically, locally, uh, be very involved because it's very, very, very important within your community, you know, your efforts are very important for all of us and for future generations too. And, you know, there's I have to say, even though I'm constantly in the public eye, there are certain things I still don't feel comfortable doing. Like, let's yeah. say, I testifying, you know, being there. I mean, I have been kind of on hold twice and both times. I was terrified and relieved when I was yeah. not the well, one who done. was going to do yeah. it. And Why? so all to say, is, I know it's not easy. If it's in your heart to do it, do it. But if it's not, there's so many different ways that we can still, you know, talk uh, and help the community and help educated others too. And, and in that way, we all can help preserve our rights.
0: And, and, you know, I love what you're talking about that because I've had conversations with other people. I go, you know, I I can talk about two way rights. I'm not the person that you want behind the bullhorn at a rally. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm the person that you want to talk to, you know, a legislator one-on-one with, because that's, that's how I can communicate the most effectively. Uh, you know, I can communicate through conversation. Right. I, you know, I get me in front of the, You know, get me in front of the Senate. Not going to be. It's probably not going to go <laughs> go well. Right. Um, uh, just about everything I ever learned in Toastmasters is going to go right out the door. <laughs> be, um, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's just. It, that's not, that's not the form that I'm comfortable in. And you know, everybody find what you're comfortable, find that form that you're comfortable in and then work inside that because well, even the smallest talk with a neighbor is could, could sway. You have no idea. You know, it, it's, you know, drop, drop, a you know, drop a pebble into a, uh, into a pond. The ripples just get bigger as they go out. right So you can just be that small drop in the beginning. And you have see no that. idea where that's gonna go.
1: That's right. That's really, it's very important that everybody gets involved in whatever, whatever way you can. Uh, it's very, very important for sure. Awesome.
0: Well, we've been rolling a little over an hour here. <laughs> um, I see how, that. How can people get a hold of you?
1: Well, they can find me on my website, it's GabbyFranco, G-A-B-B-Y-F-R-A-N-C-O.com, or Instagram as GabbyFrancoTS4, for Top Shot 4. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Uh, So yeah, you can feel free to email me uh, if you want, or message me through social media. Um, I do reply as often and as soon as I can, but mostly I reply to all the messages Um, and, you know, be part of the freedom group, (laughs) you know, Uh, yes, that that we are all in this together for not only for us, even for those who don't believe in it. This is for them, too, because. Uh, our bill of rights doesn't have limitations to whom it's for all of us, us citizens and, uh, for future generations too. So, yeah.
0: And for everybody watching or listening, uh, just go to the, the description below. I'll have the links to her social media outlets there. So if you're driving in your car, don't go try to type in on your phone, just come back (laughs) later click the link and go there. Um, before we wrap up with a, with a uh, speed round here, there's one thing I wanted to bring up. And yeah. um, this was one thing that when I saw it, I'll be honest, it pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for everybody in the audio side, I'm sorry. Just go watch the video side. For everybody on the video side, this picture um, just drove me up the walls you. right here (laughs) so what it is is gabby on her linkedin profile she got a picture taken down actually it happened twice to you right Um, Uh because she was holding two guns so she took the picture down well they took the picture down she put the picture back up but she just kind of like went into like (laughs) paint and just made sure the guns are covered up and it's the exact same picture but you can see that they're guns um so look it (laughs) it happens in social media that we get we get um we get i just want to i want
1: to highlight the irony it's almost okay i i cover for your weak eyes for those with weak eyes but they are right there and so it turns out that that pose blew i mean it was it was it went crazy even even more than the other one. so you know if their point was to oh we don't like guns well guess what this will reach a lot more people
0: yeah (laughs) that's the funny thing is typically when they do something it tends to backfire Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it should sure,
1: it um, sure did. Sure did. And the funny thing is that I was just talking about PRS, which I'm kind of getting into, uh long range shooting. Um, I'm talking about a sport, it's action action yeah. sport. It just happens to be with a firearm. And obviously LinkedIn did what they do best. So. It, <laughs> so,
0: and that's the funny thing was is it's just you standing there holding two guns. You're not right. shooting, you're not you're not like right. a, you know blowing pumpkins up with tannerite you're just standing there holding right. the gun <laughs> there's way yeah. more things out there that are much worse than that picture
1: i like know and that picture makes me laugh like i'm saying because it actually went further than even the original one yeah. so their <laughs> their intentions didn't work so it was a win for yep. me <laughs>
0: That is awesome. I, I I love when things when you can take something and turn it around and yeah. uh, that picture when I first saw it, I was like, and then uh and then it showed back up again, blew it out. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't and then I read the caption. I'm like, oh, okay. That that right. was dumb. <laughs> that, and, that and, was and you know what? I
1: didn't and I, I was so upset when they when I got the email saying that they had um blocked my message that i made that post i was not even thinking i was like oh oh yeah here it uh, is." bring <laughs> in it, my it was <laughs> in my car i was in my car and i posted it i said okay there you go <laughs> for those for those weak weak minds and hearts <laughs> that, that awesome. you won't be hurt anymore
0: <laughs> that is so awesome well let's uh let's wrap up with a speed round Okay. So it's going to be Uh four this or or that questions and then one thinking question. So nine millimeter or 45?
1: Nine.
0: Nine? Okay. Pistol or rifle? Ooh.
1: Man, that depends. Depends on what what I'm doing. (laughs)
0: Well, let's put it this way. You walk into a room right and yeah, you know, and you, it, you, know, you walk into a gun room. You know, I, I want to make it easy. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to go
1: pistol. Okay. I'm a pistol shooter. Go so pistol. there you go.
0: Quick round pistol. I,
1: yeah.
0: I like to say I'm a pistol shooter that wants to be a rifle shooter. <laughs>
1: right?
0: It's like I, I go to the pistol. That's just what I'm comfortable with. But I still like my rifles.
1: Yeah, I but, love my rifles. But, too.
0: but if there's two guns there, I will reach for the pistol first every time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see here. For hearing protection, earplugs or earmuffs. Earplugs. Okay. Electric, well, electronic or just uh, foamies?
1: Is part of the question, or is another question?
0: No, uh, that's that, that's part of the question. I was like to uh, ask.
1: I I guess I guess it, it it depends because I have very small ear canals, so you know if they fit well, fine, but. You know, I have no preference,
0: whatever okay fits my ears. There. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think indoor range or outdoor range?
1: Outdoor,
0: outdoor. Yeah, I, lo- I love my outdoor range, except for here yeah. in Montana, we get when it gets the winter time, um, gets a little chilly out there. <laughs> um, so for your thinking, for your thinking question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to the world's largest warehouse. Okay. And inside that warehouse mm-hmm. is one of every gun that has ever existed, okay. whether it was a production gun or even just, you know, something that somebody was toying with. Okay. But basically if it ever shot a projectile, uh-huh. it's in this warehouse. Okay. And you can have one gun. Doesn't matter okay. what it is, you can have one. Which one are okay. you walking out with?
1: I know which one. It's just okay. what's usually said that anything, I don't know why that came immediately in my head. And that's what I want to say the Gatling gun. Gatling gun? Yes. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just there's something about that crank. You have the old brass, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> there, there's just there is just nothing like that thing. It's, um, I, I kinda I kinda like the and... old
1: old school stuff. It's pretty cool. Um but so yeah.
0: when I was young, I wanted all the new modern stuff. And then as I get older, I want the older stuff. <laughs> you know, know, it's just
1: to me, it's just fascinating. Even back then, even you know, when you think about People, the typical argument is that oh no, but in during the seventeen seventy five, there were not yeah. you know rapid fire guns. I'm like, well, hold that thought yeah. for a second. You know, most people think it's only you know muskets and stuff like that, and they forget the word firearms like there's some um, I forget the name, but um, the Italian um, armor uh, who created this air gun who has yeah. a cylinder as a stock. And he shot 20, 40, if I'm not mistaken, 40 pellets, 40 caliber pellets, I mean rounds, uh, in about 30 seconds. We're talking about early 1700s. I mean, so yeah. so it's it's really that's, fascinating.
0: And and that's the thing, is you, I mean you think about the progression of firearms, that's why I love um I love going to to firearms museums because of mm-hmm. that, you see that progression, you will, you'll learn something you just didn't know about. Um, right. Out here, out here, uh, just, just south of us in, in Wyoming, we have the Cody Museum of Firearms. Uh-huh. And I remember walking through that. And it's just like, that is one of, that's one of the greatest museums I've ever walked through, because right? I've, I've learned so much through that. And then you know, when I lived on the East coast, I lived in Maryland, Northern Maryland, uh, before we came out here, Mm -hmm. uh, Maryland, Delaware, we went to, um, Aberdeen proving grounds in Maryland and they've got a great firearm museum. And it's just always fun to see how technology progresses. And then sometimes how it comes back again.
1: Mm -hmm. That's it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, and, and definitely, you know, making some time in your schedule. I know you've got mm-hmm. a busy schedule. And for those of you in the audience, we are actually recording this almost a month before you're going to hear it. Um,
1: yes, <laughs> because
0: that's how crazy both of our schedules that's awesome. got. That's but awesome. Thank you so much for taking out. Some, thank you for having
1: me. I had a great time.
0: <laughs> me as well. That was an amazing talk with Gabby. I totally love talking to her because she she can talk about everything. I mean, she goes the entire gambit of the firearms community. And man, she's such an impressive shooter and such a, just a down-to-earth kind of person. Go check out her website. I have a link down below. She also has a YouTube channel. There's a link down there for it too. And consider getting involved in 2A. You don't have to go out and be the big person out there, you know, screaming, yelling, chanting on a bullhorn or anything like that. There are small things you can do in this community. Think of ways of getting involved. It could be simple as responding to a post. Get involved into this because this is your right. Now for the product of the podcast, it is Freedom Crew University. Now, you guys all probably know I teach at Freedom Crew University. If you want to learn more about your freedom, you know, Go to Freedom Crew University. You're going to learn things like how to put together a gun, how to build a gun, and all kinds of other stuff that I've got planned for you on my classes that I can't get into now, but it's going to come out where we get some really cool content that I'm working for you. You'll see it on my channel, and then you'll see me teach a class about it out at Freedom Crew University later. So definitely go check out Freedom Crew University if you ever needed to build an AR I have a class out there and it's like 13 bucks. That's it 13 bucks because we can't post that type of content on YouTube anymore. So go to freedom crew university, check it out. If you want some of my older content, it's there. It is. You can buy my older content and download and keep it. Freedom crew university. The link is down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that link right there. Everybody else, there's a link down below on the bench mats from Real Avid. These smart mats are awesome if you're cleaning your guns on your kitchen table. I mean, you're going to want these things to protect your uh, your surface and not hear from your spouse. Go check it out. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.